0: like whatever you're doing you, you're gonna have to give it up I don't know what you do I don't know what your lifestyle is but you're gonna be dead in 15 years that's what they said and oh I was gosh. like I just remember sliding in the wall crying going I got it something's gotta change
1: Welcome to Curious Goldfish, a podcast community where music and curiosity come together through interesting conversations with the music makers of our world. I'm your host, Jason English. You can find Curious Goldfish in all the major podcast and social media platforms. And of course, we have all of our content on our website, curiousgoldfish.com. It's probably not St. Patrick's Day as you listen to this episode, but today we are talking with Claire Cunningham, and I promise you we're all Irish for at least the next 30 minutes or so. The Irish singer-songwriter currently lives in Nashville, and I met with her inside her room at the Residence Inn in Sandustin, Florida. She had stuff absolutely everywhere, weights, a workout mat, and a portable sauna thing that Looks like an igloo and a burrito decided to have some fun together. Her workout routine is her outlet as she manages her entire venture as an independent artist. She manages her website, social media presence, all her concert and festival and interview bookings, her swag and merch table. It's a lot. She's got a lot going on and I was fortunate. She took time for me right before a performance at the 30A Songwriter Festival. 2023 was a breakout year for Claire with the debut on the stage of the Grand Ole Opry, and I'm sure last year set the stage for even greater things. She hinted at the possibility of a new Celtic album as well. She sings an acoustic version of her anthem, I Swear, an incredible song of hope and support, and you'll know the inspiration for it after you hear the passion and commitment she has in helping others after the personal transformation she's experienced as a person and artist over the last decade check her out on YouTube and social media. She has a lot of great performances out there. Here's Claire Cunningham. Let's dive in. Claire Cunningham. So nice to meet you.
0: So nice to meet you.
1: Welcome to Florida.
0: Thank you. I don't live it's here. My but favorites. Yeah. Where do you live?
1: I live in Atlanta. Oh. We're at the 30A Songwriters Festival. I was here last year. It's amazing because it's 30 venues all these artists it's impossible to see everything but it's just different because each venue is so intimate
0: This is my first 30A I've always wanted to play this one like it was one of the festivals I kind of was made aware of when I first moved here to the states in 2018 and of course it's a it's a little more prestigious than some of them so you kind of have to get like either invited in right. or have done some good things to be able to get in and this year was the year I got in. So well congrats. I, thank you. That's yeah awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Really looking forward to yeah, it.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh so th- it seems like 2023 it was a you know gigantically huge year for you. You had so much going on. What were what were some of your highlights?
0: Yeah, for sure 2023 um on a musical uh note was definitely probably the highest of of standards, <laughs> mainly just because I got to debut at the the Opry. That was in March. So the year started off pretty pretty decent with getting the news of that. And then anybody who gets to Opry, debut, sorry, at the Opry, like that's a big deal in itself. But then I also got invited uh, by Steve Earle then to perform Galway Girl with him, which like oh. growing up in Ireland, of course, like that's a song I grew up in. And then my biggest childhood hero Mr. Garth Brooks showed up on the night to surprise everybody and I got to meet him and it was just like it was just one of the biggest highlights probably of my career but life goes on and then so the rest of the year I got to perform a lot of different things and I continue to do what I do but really for me the highlight of any year is making a difference in people's lives and so you know, just receiving more messages of like people who don't want to commit suicide or who say, you know, thank you for being this voice that we really still need in the world. And that to me is like, that's a successful year if I've managed to help others through their pain.
1: That's way more important than a hit record, right? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And And I'll say it time and time again, whether people believe it or not, but like, I'm not here for the facebook likes and i'm not here for the money the notoriety i really truly want to just make a difference in the world and however i can do that lyrically musically through my own life struggles whatever connecting with people on that level that that's that's a good day you know that that to me is real success
1: so i i believe that every song has a story and i actually believe every musician has a mission Hmm. even though they may not be so overt about it or not your mission is very clear like it's completely obvious in every, almost every song you sing and then, you know, in, in all the, the content and the, in the interviews that you've done online and social, social media, I guess for the people that aren't aware of you, what is your mission?
0: My main mission is to leave this earth a little bit better than I came in, to be a voice of inspiration, hope and faith for those who feel like they can't talk or won't talk, to destigmatize conversations around mental health through my music. And also show people that you can do an array of things. Like you don't have to just focus on one thing only. Like it's, we, we are a spiritual being. We're emotional. We have a physical need. We have, you know. And so I think I'm also big on my health and my fitness. And, and so you as a human, it, you're comprised of a lot more than just your physical body and making sure that your mental health is in state, in check and your physical being and emotional. So, it, it, You know, I'm trying to just show people that like you got to work on thyself, but also my testimony is a big part of that too. And so I know not everybody who, who listens um may have faith, um, but I want people to know if you ever just come across me and you think I'm all, you know, about Jesus and it's always been that way. It definitely wasn't. And there's been a huge transition in my life having left all of that beautiful world to go follow the devil for <laughs> quite a while yeah so i think you know it's 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 a journey and and i just want people to know that i'm here as your fellow human as well going through the same struggles and pain um but that you got to just stay focused on the present moment and don't look too far into the future don't look back you're not going that way and just continue life and and you'll be you'll be okay but it doesn't come without its hardships. Of course, it's life.
1: I think in an interview you mentioned that as a child and and growing up you felt silenced mm-hmm. and that you didn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. Can you expand on that? And was that a was that sort of like a traditional religion sort of environment that you felt suppressed? Was it a a family situation? Why didn't you feel like you had a voice?
0: Yeah. So. Not everybody, I guess, has the same cultural background I do. So I come from a very, very, very tiny village in in, in Ireland, and in general, and especially back, we're going back quite a while. Okay, I'm not as <laughs> young as I used to be. People just didn't talk about their feelings, regardless of what was going on in the family home or outside of it, or in school or whatever. You never spoke about how you felt. That wasn't really the norm. So that's nothing wrong with culture it was just how it was back then but yeah I was the victim of some different things that happened to me at childhood and due to legal reasons and also again cultural reasons it just kind of had to go under the carpet a little bit and throughout my adolescence you know there was a lot of bullying that happened and and different things like that that again I was so shamed Even personally, like it wasn't even that I didn't have the option to. I just always wanted to keep quiet about everything. And I did that until I was around 27, 28, until I actually went and sought, you know, a a mental health uh, therapy and did cognitive behavioral therapy, which I highly recommend for people who feel like where is the first place I should start if you're looking to get some help, because it kind of rewires and rejigs your brain. And I love studying brain science, neurological science. I think it's so interesting. We're all very, very interesting. Really, my voice was was just not allowed to be given the way it is today.
1: Which now, is, Which is hard to imagine.
0: I know. I don't know I you, know.
1: but your personality and just how strong you are. It's hard to imagine that you felt so suppressed, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, I was a completely different, I had a different mindset too, because I thought talking about your feelings meant you were weak. If you were to admit there was an issue in your life or that there was problems, you were looked upon as less than, or that's at least what I thought. And so that obviously has shifted over the years. And I had to kind of leave like I, I live a very kind of solo life, if that makes sense, because I get very distracted by people and things. I can lose myself if I don't know if that actually makes sense, but um, I had to kind of go on my own pathway to be able to just focus on my calling and what I knew I had to do. And in order for me to do that, I kind of needed a lot of like space Because my lifestyle and my livelihood is always around people. And so there's a lot of noise, like physically, but mentally too. Um, And I was always wanting to kind of fit in, but have my own way too. I would get called weird or strange or like you're... And I still do, like people don't understand me as a person, but I don't really mind anymore because I know what works. I'll take constructive criticism, but... I know what makes me happy and I know how to best serve people around me if I've done what I need to do. And I think everybody should respect that. Like I need to respect others in their lifestyles, but others need to respect mine too. And so when you tell me I'm boring for not going out or I'm this, (laughs) or I'm too much, or I train too much, or I Mm. eat, I'm like, just, just concentrate on yourself. I'll do the same. And I'll meet you somewhere in the middle where we can both have a conversation or or whatnot. But
1: what was the timing of this sort of new focus on a mission to help people be more self-aware and pursue mental health? Describe that timing with your newfound faith and sort of your, your testimony that you alluded to. Did those, was it? The intersection of both of those things, did that happen at the same time or did they? was it independent of each other? Yeah,
0: I definitely think there was definitely an intersection between the two for sure. Um, I think when I realized how great like the CBT, the cognitive behavioral therapy worked for me, I wanted everyone to know about it. So I was more open in talking about the fact that, hey, listen, I've tried this. I do believe there is an intersection between the two for sure. Um Previous to me coming to to Faith as well, uh, once I had received the cognitive behavioural therapy, um, I actually wanted a lot of people to kind of be be made aware of it. So, you know, when you find something that works for you, you're like, hey, everybody, look what works. You might not get as much positivity around it, but nobody who's ever made a difference in this world or who is successful has ever come against the grain so to speak I just kept going on that uh, trajectory and then with coming to the faith world that I kind of joined back in 2020 I think there was definitely I felt a little more open to be I was more free because yeah. I realized like I'm renewing myself now I don't have to be ashamed of the right. past or uh, anything I've gone through I'm a new creation now and that is a beautiful place to find yourself in that it doesn't it doesn't mean you go forward and you continue to sin but it means that's all forgiven it's forgotten just go ahead and 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 live life now for for him and just be the person that you're designed to be
1: so i grew up in the church uh very active all my childhood my earliest memories are going to sunday school and church i love a lot of those memories but i don't remember a lot of talk about self-care and Mm. mental health, right? So I guess since this newfound faith or renewed faith um, has totally transformed who you are, what's been the reception like of the topic of mental health, going to see therapists, et cetera? It, it, It feels like it should be more Accepting and more open than it would have been 30 years ago. Mm. I'm just curious, what have you encountered with that?
0: Now, I had received therapy and I did all of that prior to to coming back to to my faith. But there's nothing wrong with seeking help. And there's nothing wrong with taking medication if it's only for short-term use. If you have no other way. Um, I don't condone not taking it, but I do condone taking pills or taking medication to suppress what's really going on. Um, because everybody comes with their issues right. we don't escape life without that and um, if there's something that you need temporary then you know but be mindful that it should only be for a temporary use look I've tried and tested everything I've tried and tested different substances I've gone to anything and everything that I thought would give me temporary release and it does for a while until you want the next thing you don't necessarily need a church to be quote-unquote religious but in order for you to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, like that's the most important relationship you're going to have in your life. You don't need to go somewhere with four walls. However, you do need a community, and you do need to be surrounded by people who maybe can uplift you and 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 follow the same kind of good things. Like we're meant to have the you know the fruits of the spirit, right? Um, and if you're not seeking that, you gotta ask yourself, what are you seeking?
1: So on that point you were part of a band called Thunder Mother, right? (laughs) Yeah. Was that the timing of sort of the, those parts of your life or was it even before that? God,
0: even before that, I think I didn't really, look, I've always been a really decent human. Mm -hmm. I've never been one to go around and be like evil or anything like that. But the worldly things that I was searching for, like, yeah, probably I did want more notoriety. I wanted notoriety when I was a bit younger because I needed to quote-unquote prove myself because i chose a career that wasn't a real job right in other people's eyes so when people do bring up like any accolades i've done around like i'm just like i don't care for that like i really don't like i it's beautiful and don't get me wrong i i think it's it's a nice like ode to to what you're doing but it's not what i strive for anymore um but yeah no prior to even getting into the band in sweden like i think i was I think I was around 13, 14, probably when I decided, ah, this lifestyle isn't for me. I'm gonna, I'm I'm not, screw the Lord, you know? (laughs) I was just like, I'm going, I'm leaving, this is, well, I saw too much hypocrisy too. I saw people go to church that were disgusting human beings and I was like, wait a minute. Everyone's saying they're nice, but I know what they're really like. <laughs> For know.
1: those that may not know Thunder Mother, what would you compare them to in terms of Oh, yeah. And
0: ACDC and okay. Motorhead Meats. Um, yeah, it was... It was it's, not like, the, it's not the Spice Girls. <laughs> not, uh, the furthest thing from the Spice Girls. Although I was still Scary Spice probably, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, very very heavy classic metal rock and roll, but like with a real cool groove, you know. ACDC was the main influence of that band for sure. Yeah. <laughs> very talented girls, and it was it was a it was a fun time, but it was also some of the worst mental health I had had. I started having panic attacks. I I was at my illest when I was in that band mm. because just years and years of touring and dealing with. Um, severe narcissism within the band I just I wasn't enjoying myself I was living in a country that you know and I had unfortunately I had some severe cases of uh, of stalkers I just wasn't even living I was living in fear continuously it was a combination of all of that and it wasn't The band wasn't worth it then for me. I remember being one of the last doctors I went to over my mental health and just my physical because I started getting um, this really rare form of uh, psoriasis because of the complete trauma my body was going through. They were like, whatever you're doing, you're going to have to give it up. I don't know what you do. I don't know what your lifestyle is, but you're going to be dead in 15 years. That's what they said. And I was like, I just remember sliding down the wall crying going, I got it something's got to change
1: Panic attack podcast is inspired by the mindset that was illustrated by the television character ted lasso Mm. right positivity empathy vulnerability all those great things empathy as positive as he was and as inspiring leader as that character illustrated he had his own stuff going on including panic attacks and what was interesting was as the series progressed It's like there's nothing wrong with this guy. He's got everything going. He was going through a divorce, yes, but he was able to lead. He was able to motivate all those things. But then you saw that he was dealing with stuff, the panic attacks, and then he sort of battled this whole idea of self care and and going to see a therapist, right? So I think on one hand, the positivity was a good thing to to sort of say, okay, I want to emulate that, right? But everybody's got their stuff, especially after during and after COVID. Yeah. And he came around on the mental health, like the therapist ended up being one of his best friends. Mm. But I guess, could you relate to that in terms of putting out a public face of maybe not a soccer coach, but a rocker, Mm, you know, mm. but like inside. Oh, you're you're dying inside, but you're
0: smiling on the outside. Oh, I'm, I'm, I probably pride myself on being the the most fake person when I had to be, Mm. you know, and listen, I'm still like, I have... Nobody knows what goes on in my private life, but there have been times during 2023, like I did four house moves. I was going through so much in my personal life at times, especially only like as of recently, um, that I, I hit a really, really big wall and I had some really dark days that I would, would have had it been in the past and I didn't have the Lord. I I'll just, I'll leave it there. But here's the thing, when people would see me, they're not going to know. But nowadays, if somebody says, how are you? I'm like, you know what? I'm actually not good I'm going through a moment right now but I know things will be okay Hmm. so I think it's really important that I don't lie I don't tell them oh my god everything's great like I used to I'll just say look do you mind and if they're the praying kind I'm like just throw me up a prayer would you (laughs) so that's that's how I do it now Mm -hmm. and so I think it's really important that you don't dwell on the bad too much but that people around us need to know that we're not doing okay sometimes because on the outside everyone says oh but you're so happy and so positive and so did it i'm like yeah but you don't know what's going on but i want to be honest and raw but i also need to show that you can't like stay in that mm. funk either right. it's okay you, you're gonna have your days but don't let the days turn into weeks into months into years that's when you need to like do something about it and don't leave the world because you think the world is too much to right. bear i i I can sit here and safely say that most of the things that are happening to me that are bad and distractions and all the setbacks, you know, I'm going through a whole rigmarole of visa stuff yeah. where I don't know what's happening in my life as we sit here and talk right now. But I do know that whatever is going to be is going to be and I have to trust. How, so, how does
1: that show itself in your songwriting?
0: It definitely comes across, I think, in the sense that when I'm in that kind of mind frame um and the lord wants to give me a song then that just pours out so however i'm feeling and 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 usually that's when i'm feeling at my lowest sometimes is when those kind of creations come out because you're really feeling what you're going through
1: so you're obviously irish
2: (laughs) (laughs) a couple (laughs) questions about that
1: so sometimes in your songs and whether it's pre-recorded videos or the live content that's on YouTube, the Irish accent comes out in some songs and others it doesn't. I know. <laughs> is that intentional or is it, no. is, it just, is it just a thing?
0: I would love to sit down and have something wired up to me to figure out why that is. And I think because of that, people actually think I intentionally put on an accent and I really, <laughs> really don't. And if I were to sing you a song, that wasn't of my culture in an Irish accent, you'd, you'd just laugh. It's, it's next to impossible to try and do that. So I think it's whatever to do with the music, the scales and the culture. It just seems to really, really come out naturally. And then when I sing something of a pop or blues or something else, like of a folky type thing, then it doesn't. And I have no explanation as to why that is or isn't the way. It's definitely, it leaves it more authentic for the Celtic stuff, but it's, it's certainly not put on. It's just, I think it's just you. I'll tell you what, I as I'm sitting here, trying to figure it out. I'm pretty sure we grow up on American music, right? So when you hear a pop song, you hear the inflections, you hear the way it's pronounced, that's what you do. That's how you learn. It's like people who learn English as a second language in a different accent, right? So it's similar to that. Whereas the Irish stuff, of course, is all sung by mostly Irish and their accent kind of is integrated. So I think it's just, again, the inflections and and how you pronounce the words just seems to naturally flow. With the accent more,
1: that no, makes sense. <laughs> so I'm not an expert on Irish music. U2 is one of my favorite bands, mm. but there is something like whether it's U2, especially the early stuff, Sinead O'Connor. Mm. There's there's a certain sort of tension in the music of uh, those artists that you don't feel or sense with a lot of other yeah. bands from other parts of the country. Like what what is it about that?
0: I think as well, I and mean, there's so many more Irish artists that you guys wouldn't have ever oh, no, heard I, of I as picked well. The
1: two, I probably picked two of the most obvious.
0: No, uh, you've picked two great ones. But I think it's due to the suppression and oppression in our culture. It, it's It's in the lineage there. I don't think people realize how bad things were in Ireland. Like most of the citizens in Ireland back in the day had to emigrate. There was a lot of slavery, there's a lot of the famine. And when you look at any culture that comes from from struggle or pain, that's just like hard,
1: like hard times yeah, and hard like struggle, time, struggle and poverty, pain, poverty. Yeah,
0: yeah you, yeah, yeah, all of that yeah. like black music it's right. it's the same it's like anything that comes from all of those kind of suppressed kind of right. painful um, cultural dealings it's in the DNA it comes right through and it comes right through in the music so Irish music is, is probably loved on a scale because it's it's storytelling it's unwavering truth it's raw it's real there's songs you guys well, I've never even heard, and we're just that's what I grew up on, you know.
1: Who's, who's an Irish a lot of Americans may not be aware of that you would recommend?
0: Oh, uh, Christy Moore, Mary Black, Frances Black. You guys already know the Cranberries, they're amazing, mm-hmm. obviously. The Wolf Tones. Obviously, you have the Pogues and the Irish Rovers. Uh, the Bards actually were a band, a local band that I used to go and see in concert, and they became a good family kind of friend. Like they, they got to know us as well, and they were amazing as well.
1: Well, you wrote a song that's an ode to your home country mm. that's not full of tension and yeah. strife and struggle, right? Yeah, quite delightful. What prompted you to write that?
0: Erin and McCree, right? Oddly enough, that was the very, very, very first song I wrote about Ireland. When you were living here. When I just moved here in 2018. (laughs) And truth be told, I was offered a show. It was the Nantucket Project, and it's out in Nantucket in Massachusetts. I was going to be performing at this event, and this is the biggest yearly event that they put on like every year, and like ex-presidents... Yeah, really I knew deal. it was a big deal yeah. and I was like I got to get a song. <laughs> and I remember sitting in my sister's uh, spare bedroom in her house on Nantucket where she she resides and I was just started writing the song and it came out in like 15 minutes. And it's odd because the very first song that I write about my country is the one that like has just proven to be time and time again a timeless number yeah, that i right. can do and i finish absolutely every single show with it or if i have only one song to perform right. for any event that's my go-to
1: it's like absence makes makes the heart <laughs> it, right? like.
0: yeah and i've since wrote another one it's called i'm on my way time oh, nice. and uh yeah i just got that one recorded in studio last week and i'm really excited because i'm going to put out a full celtic record now this year uh it was meant to be out like at the end of last year but house moving and visa stuff and life just got in the way of everything i'm gonna be yeah there's a lot more of that stuff coming your way well you (laughs) talked
1: about 23 i was gonna ask you about 2024 so this new album yeah what, what else is on the docket
0: oh loads and loads of festivals i've got some mini tours i've got what else um yeah i'm still to be honest when january hits that's the time it's the quiet time but it's most of the time when you start getting in all the bookings, so yeah I've got pretty much the whole year mapped out for the major like festivals that I'm and still getting more
1: well thank you for the time thank you could you play a couple songs
0: yeah first? 100% okay. awesome thank you so this song I swear goes out to anybody who needs a song that will help them through a dark day because everybody has a dark day at some point in their life where you know somebody and one in four adults um, suffers from some form of mental health issues in their life at some point. And I actually think that number is probably higher after the pandemic. Um, so just know that if you're going through something that it's not gonna be forever, this too shall pass and you'll, you'll get through it. And hope this helps.
2: It's not a race As long as you get where you're going It's not always easy Living life not knowing What's on the other side Close your eyes Promise don't be afraid dream of the better times to come in just keep the faith i promise you like me you'll see it through it's taking all of your strength don't fade taking all our a lot of love and mercy in a little less pride
1: Thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Curious Goldfish. Please follow and subscribe to the podcast and on social media. Also, tell your music-loving friends about us too. Until next time, stay curious.